single with Jeanette and Tracy. We are not relationship experts or sex therapists. We are two people navigating the world as single, independent feminists having honest conversations with other singles in today's device-obsessed culture. We hope you'll join us on this journey as we navigate the ins and outs of singledom. Welcome back to Hashtag Single. I am your host, Jeanette Bonner, and today I am joined by my friend, Jackie. Hi, Jackie. Hey, Jeanette. And the voice of the patriarchy, my friend, Mike. Say hi, Mike. Hello. <laughs> he was so far away in the corner, he had to literally cross the room. That's what we do with our voice of the patriarchy on Hashtag Single. We sit them very far away from us. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Jackie's like, oh, man, this is going to be a long, long episode. Um, Jackie. Yes, dear. I'm very excited about today's episode. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that, too, because I'm going to put you through the ringer. No, I'm kidding. Just kidding. Um, okay, so let's start off by tell me where you're at in your single journey. It mm, sounds so official and weirdly formal, <laughs> single journey. So um, your dating life. Is that better? <laughs> it is better. It is better. So I would say two years ago, in the wake of the election and all the crazy awfulness happening online, I decided to completely go off all social media. <gasps> oh, my God. And you're our second guest. That is really? completely offline. And stop online dating completely. Dovetailed together in like the meltdown of our humanity was oh, one of oh, the most underwhelming, um, half-baked relationships I've been in. Like, oh god, he was a nice guy, <laughs> really, like truly was. Yeah, um, we yeah, we've all not, dated nice guys. We were not a good fit for one another, but both being in our late thirties, both being ostensibly what the other person was looking for on paper we're trying really hard i also am the first to admit that i am quick to dismiss and impatient mm. sometimes and so a lot of my good friends male and female have kind of wagged their finger at me over the years like you don't give people a chance and that might be part of the reason you know that you are per the perpetually I, yeah, single Yeah, it's something we've talked about before, actually. It's it, it's not just like, uh, it's not just you, but it's something that we as a culture are doing. It's something that we as New Yorkers do. Sure. We just sort of um, uh, just, we know what we want and we want to move on if we're not getting it, you know, that kind of thing. Yes, but attention there, though, is knowing yourself and yeah. having a good relationship to your gut. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to be like, this is not right. the right size but of so pants for me. I started second-guessing myself and saying, well, maybe I am just not giving this person a chance. I'm not giving myself a chance to get to know this person. So I let it go on like four months longer mm -hmm. than I normally would have. And it just became really messy and um, unnecessarily so. If yeah. I had done what I knew I should have done in the beginning, I would have never gotten to that place. And so I also have a really short bandwidth for like bullshit 
<laughs> yes. Yes. As my mom says, I don't suffer fools well. Yeah. Like I'm a straight shooter. No, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah. And Jeanette and I work That's together. That's not a as negative well quality. Being friends. I can really dubs. direct and honest and say what I mean and mean what I say. And that is why you are on hashtag single. Snaps, so, snaps all around. <laughs> so the other side of the coin of the whole online dating thing was these inane exchanges that just looped and never went anywhere. Yes. Right? Yeah. Hey. Hey, what's up? <laughs> yep. What are you doing? Shoot me. So I just, <laughs> all of that in this big soup together. Wait, and, can I share this with you? Because yes. I was like, I had one of those uh, where every day or every other, whatever day he messaged me, it began with, how are you? What are you up to today? Every day. It was almost felt like Groundhog Day because no matter what I said, the next exchange started with, how are you? What are you doing today? And I was like, I'm killing the president. How are you? What are you doing today? I was like, what if it's just in a folder of text messages and he just is like copy and paste? <laughs> Probably. Like not even typing out the sentence. It has nothing to do with my response. How are you? What are you doing today? I was like, I just I, lit myself on fire. I, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. So um, I, I feel you. Yeah. I feel you on that one. So I've been doing something called meeting people in real life can't be done can't be done i've tried it <laughs> i don't believe you it's not true and so i'm dating a lot less yeah because yeah. we are so we don't like meeting people subsumed anymore. by the interwebs and have i think forgotten how to be spontaneous and chat with people i'm very outgoing yeah and like to go out so you know it is what it is Girl, I feel you. And thank you for saying that because there's no judgment here. And like, no. you're just at peace with where you're at. And like, it's not your fault. It's not anybody's fault for being where they're at, being single or in a relationship that they're uncomfortable with. Yeah. It's just like, so can I add, you. can I add one thing? So I have a few yeah. very close friends, um, or also same age who are not in relationships and it's killing them. Like they talk about it all the time. They Have really them listen is like, to our podcast. It's man. weighing on their hearts. Yeah, um, they feel less than in some regard. They feel like they're losing a contest or a race. And certainly, I would love to find someone to be partners with and like have my person. Yes, but I don't feel that same um, panic. That some of my friends... Like, who am I if I don't have somebody? Yes, but also all of these benchmarks that need to be met. And certainly children yeah. fall within that. Um, As a woman, you have two goals in life. One is to get married and one is to have children. And then, like, maybe... No, I'm. that's not my opinion. I'm yeah, saying that is a mine. general opinion right. of the patriarchy that has been sort of imbued in us as as kids, and that, mm. granted, that is a generalization, and I think a lot of people are going to pick at that. But mm. still, I think really, like, the way that women, young girls were, were socialized, especially, like, growing up in the 80s, was like, those those are your two goals. Right, right. I mean, granted, and also you're supposed to work, but, like, really, if you want to achieve something, right. like, that's how, in our society, that's how we say, that's, that's how we know you're at where you're supposed to be at. Hmm. So I want to segue from that idea because this goes right into what I want to talk about today. 
Okay. Um, you and I were on the subway a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and you brought something up to me um, that I want to talk about if you're okay with it. Yes, I am fine with it. Okay. So Jackie was, I'll let you tell the, t- <laughs> let me, let me let you tell your own story. Okay. Yeah. Tell me the story. Okay. So to be succinct. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> When I was four, yeah, I, I know, had a dream. Right? Right. My favorite color is purple. <laughs> um, my mom has never been well. It's a huge part of my life. She's chronically ill, and it is something that my family just deals with. And as you can imagine, it's a heavy thing to have be a part yeah. of your daily reality. And so off and on over the years when she's been more sick than less sick, I've gone to therapy to deal with it because it can get pretty intense, especially when she's hospitalized for long stretches. And she had some major health stuff happen this past summer. So I went back. My previous therapist had moved away. So for the first time in a long time, I need to find someone new. Mm. And was trying to find someone near me in network. And I'd never spoken to a man before. I'd never had a male therapist. Oh, interesting. And so um, after a bit of trial and error, and it's like going on first dates naked, trying to find a therapist, right? You go and you're trying to see if you're compatible. It's a fit in terms of emotion and style, but also cerebrally. You know, mm. you want the person to understand how you speak. And he was the third person mm. um, in as many weeks, and I was exhausted. So part of it was like, I just want to be done <laughs> and start speaking to someone because things were difficult at that time. And also, I did like him. I liked working with you him. You vibed. Yeah. And okay. we vibed. He was smart, and he could keep up because cool. I'm quick, and if you can't keep up, you out of there. Yeah. So... We're about three months into working together, and all of that time had really been focused on my mom. And we were in this particular session that you were alluding to in the conversation that we had on the subway, and he, I could tell, I fucking know, he's trying to move me away from the mom to talk about me. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. Like, the things that are hard in my life are happening to other people, but I'm okay. It's weighing on me, but I'm fine. And he just kept pushing and needling. And finally, he led me to the topic of not being in a relationship. And he said, so I know you've mentioned, you know, you're not in a relationship. And, you know, I wonder if this is something that is adding to whatever stressors or um, difficult situations you're dealing with. And I paused and I said, can we step out for a second? And if it's okay, I'd like to offer you some feedback. And he's a cool guy. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. Super open and warm. Mm -hmm. He's a nice guy. And I said, I think you have the problem. Yeah, girl. With me being single. (laughs) I'm fine with it. And I have a fantastic job. I have wonderful friends, an incredibly rich social life. I'm extremely close with my family. I'm fine. But I think it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. And the thing you said to me, I don't know if you recall this, but it was like, why did this guy feel like it was a problem that he needed to to fix? fix? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he was very responsive. And apologetic and got it. 
and totally got it in the <laughs> I mean, moment. Thank God, because he's, you know, licensed and stuff. So good uh, for him for listening to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you are a wonderfully articulate and knowledgeable person. You're able to express how you're feeling in the moment in a... Thank you. Clever way that someone's like, and a calm way. You're not like, F you. Like, I probably would have been like, table flip. Who do you think you are? You know, no, I wouldn't. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, how could he not listen to you? You said that in a really respectful, clear way. Like, he'd, he'd be an a-hole if he was just like, you bitch, what do you, I'm the therapist here. You know what I mean? That would be nuts. Yes. Yes. And I followed it up, though, by acknowledging that there are certainly aspects of choices and behavior that I exhibit that are tied in a lot to stuff in my immediate family. Hey, you and- totally don't need therapy. You're like, good. Uh, <laughs> do you want to pay my copay? No, right. <laughs> that me? was my official assessment. But that, um, <laughs> that I do think merit a conversation. I wasn't saying that it's something I didn't think was relevant to talk about, right. but it's not something I view as a deficit in, no, my, in, no. my, in my beingness. So when you said this, like this really resonated with me because that bothers me because this is something that has come up with me as well. Like, um, and I, I think it comes up with women in general of like, like you just said your friends are like seen as being in lack or deficit of because there's not a significant other in their life. Like, what's wrong with you that you have not attracted a partner? Mm. So in this conversation, you were like, you recommended this book to me, this memoir. You had just finished reading or um, you were reading at the time and um, just sort of vibrating on that energy of how angry I was by what your therapist said to you. I got this book and this book, Jackie, (laughs) oh my God, I um, I am a mother's daughter and I underlined half of it. I just (laughs) want to say that. So um, so you guys, this book that I want to talk about with Jackie today that she recommended to me is called No One Tells You This by Glynis McNichol. And uh, the synopsis that was actually written, this is an editorial review written by Rebecca Traster, um, who is the author of All the Single Ladies, Semicolon, Unmarried Women and the Rise of an Independent Nation. I love that title. So this is what she she describes the book as. Um, No One Tells You This takes readers from Canada to New York to Wyoming in its mapping of contemporary adulthood, unmoored from the institutions that once defined it for women. Wrestling with loneliness, independence, grief, and exhilaration, McNichol offers a piercing examination of what it means both to love grown-up, complicated women, mothers, sisters, friends, intergalactic princesses, and to be one. Um, So this is a memoir of her life, and she was turning 40 and reexamining her life and what she wanted and her definition of what it means to be a woman if one is not in a relationship or married or... um, we're having children. Um, so it's just that that's literally all it comes down to. Um, and I have to share this with you because this came from Amazon. Um, Amanda Stern of the New York Times Book Review wrote, I found myself underlining sentences and then entire passages that resonated with me, articulating the extreme inadequacy and sense of dislocation single women of a certain age, like McNichol and like me, experience in moments when others are growing closer without you, an anthem to choosing the single family-free life. So I have another underliner out there. Um, So true to form, I chose some passages that I want to talk about. (laughs) You're laughing at me. 
somebody and I find that No, charming. not at you. I think this is, such, I wish people could see she has a nerd. printout. It's like an outline. Well, I could have brought great. the book, but like, you know, this is easier. Prepared. I love it. Like flagging, putting little post-it flags in the book would have been just as nerdy. So, you know. And endearing. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Um, which basically, so, so this is what I, these were um, the things that were, my takeaways from the book, that's what I choose to, the, the passages that I extracted. But I want to hear what your takeaway was. Like, what was something that you, that the book left you with or what, I don't know, like what resonated with you most? I really appreciated and admired her willingness to talk about those quiet, secret moments when you are in a group dynamic and find yourself maybe outside of it and I'm looking at all the structures around you and where you fit in. Um, I want to preface this by saying I have the best chosen family on the planet. I am so blessed and lucky to have incredible friends, male and female, and um, a group of friends here in the city. And I've been in the city almost 20 years. Um, we all grew up together and they've been my friends for almost 30 years. Never am I made to feel other or um, off, right? Because I'm not coupled up. That's great. But it happens through normal social structures. It just happens through the natural evolution of plan making, right? And so those are the moments where I find the spin begin, of not feeling either caught up or, you know, at the right place. But it all has to do within being in a group, in a social setting. It's never tied to, like, how I feel about myself. Like, you're saying, like, if, if you're at Thanksgiving and everyone is, like, coupled and you're, like, the odd, odd person out. Well, here's a great example. Just today. So I'm putting together plans for my 40th birthday. And it's going to be Jazz Fest in New Orleans. Oh, my gosh. It's the 50th year of the festival. Oh, that sounds fucking good. And I'm circling everybody up, and we're all going to go. And so, so far, there's, like, nine people confirmed, like, eight maybes. It's going to be a thing. And I'm on this huge text chain today with um, some of my girlfriends about hotels. Yeah. And... Almost all of them are either married or in relationships, and some of their husbands are coming, some aren't, right? But it became this whole conversation about, like, who's sharing hotel rooms with whom based on, on who's bringing their partner. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh -huh. I definitely, maybe two months ago, when I was getting ready to, like, start sending the planning emails, I was like, wow, that's going to be a little awkward if all my friends who come bring their partner and I'm in the hotel room. <laughs> By yourself, like, like eating Cheetos. But then I was Cheetos. like, oh, shit, then I can bring whoever I want back. Hell right? yeah, girl. There you go. Find some so jazz-loving New Orleans. It's moments like that where it's self-imposed. Or I'm doing it to myself, but, but my friends certainly I mean, aren't. like, so that's a big theme in the book is, like, she talks about yes, she has she this, like, amazing group, group of, of girlfriends. girlfriends. And y'all get married. Yes. Yes. And so I couldn't relate to that as specifically as you can, but this was one of my big takeaways that like really resonated with me. I'm going to read this, this passage here. I wanted to figure out how to recognize that it wasn't just Maury's life that was dramatically changing, but also what that meant to those around her. 
particularly our friendship. I felt myself beat back the familiar sensation brought on by the knowledge that I was about to be called upon to rearrange my life again. It was a mix of panic and resentment. The knowledge I was about to have my foundation knocked out again, and there was nothing I could do to stop it. Mm. I'd been through this before many times. Every year, someone exited to marriage or babies until now, at age 40, there were none. There's no way to talk about any of this being hard without casting myself squarely in the role of the bitter, jealous friend. Mm. So this is something that really resonates with me, mm. whereas, like, that feeling of, like, it's not fair that if you—that's fine if you get in a relationship and you choose a partner, but it's not fair to me that, like, if I don't have a partner, I lose my friends. Or why can't I still hang out with you on Friday night? You know what I mean? Like, why should that—why should you choosing a partner, like, affect— my life. Mm. And it makes me it makes me very sad. It is something that's very sensitive to me. Mm. I just had this this conversation came up with my, my friend the other day in the car where she was like, How come you didn't go out last night? Meaning Saturday night. And I was like, Who am I gonna go out with? You don't wanna go out on Saturday night anymore. Like my friends don't wanna go out on Saturday night anymore, so I'm home. And she's shocked at this. She's like, you love going out. I'm like, I know. <laughs> and she says, I thought you had like a short list of friends that would go out on Saturday night. And I was like, name them. And she was like, you know. And she came up with like, she was like, what about, you know, like my, my friend Greg. And I was just like, we had like two, like two people. I was like, so I'm down to two people on my short list of people that will go out with me on Saturday night. You know, like that's, that makes me sad. That Like that means my social life is changing. Like I'm glad that you and your <laughs> your buddy had a date, but, um, you know, this is something that, that has frustrated me as a single woman mm -hmm. that I, I feel like I've lost people that have been important to me Yeah, because I just don't get to see them when I, yeah. when I want to. Yeah. Where we are in our lives is shifting. Yeah. Certainly. I can relate to that. I've had that absolutely the same thing happen. Three of my closest girlfriends all had a child in the same year. Yeah. Um, and it's awful to be I'm like, bummed. I'm excited for you. Oh, I'm so like, God damn it. Them. Now we don't get to hang out. <laughs> it's different. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm absolutely bummed that I don't have plans on a Saturday night. And sometimes I'm such an old lady and it's really nice. See, otherwise it's, I would call you Jackie and we would just solve this together. <laughs> it's really nice. And like, I also feel like that itch has been scratched to an extent. Like yeah. I've gotten, I got to be the ages of 19 to 39 in New York City. I've yeah. gone out a lot. No, you're right. Like, half the problem is just me, period. Like, that I have it's sort of... problem. It's no, I have, like, feel. Peter Pan syndrome, and, like, I yeah. want to go out dancing until I'm 400 years old. You and what's so ironic <laughs> is that on Saturday night for the first time, and, God, I can't remember when I did go out dancing, and I did get home to 4 a.m., and I was like, wow, I forgot how fucking tired you are the next day. <laughs> And I had a bar. Or maybe we weren't tired, but we're tired now. <laughs> um, but I had that moment of I haven't had a plan start after 10 p.m. in a bit. Yeah. 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 You know? They're like, the DJ yeah, starts at 10. Like, what time do you want to get there? And I was like, oh, I remember those texts. <laughs> it's okay that life changes. It really is. But like, doesn't I have a hard like time. It. it doesn't mean you have to like it. Yeah. Feel like, right. Like, and I love I that be... sentence where she says, there's no way to talk about this being hard without making yourself just sounding bitter and, and jealous and honestly selfish, being like, how can your marriage affect my life? You know? Right. Yeah. And look, I don't want to walk back anything I said at the beginning. I stand behind it 100%. But I think it would be disingenuous to come off as saying, like, I'm cool. 
Right. Like, I certainly have moments where I don't have the same um, life experiences or milestone moments that people who are very close and dear to me have. I don't have that relatability. I've never had a wedding day. I've never had a baby inside of me. And so... um, Yes, I have those moments. I have, and I have one friend from my time growing up. This person doesn't live in New York City. And I don't know. We've never talked about it. I don't know if she feels the same way. We were extremely close as kids. And even up through college and directly post-college. She got married. Um, she has several children now. And the friendship has totally faded out. Yeah. And part of me thinks it's maybe because she can't relate to me. Yeah, like, that's I don't part bring as well. to the conversation things that she is focused on talking about right now, and that's her prerogative. One more thing that I, I have another another passage. This was my second other uh, big takeaway from this from this um, memoir. She was talking about um, again. This was something that someone had said to her at this wedding, and it was about the idea of running out of time. Mm-hmm. So she says, much to my surprise, I didn't need to lean on my collective self to navigate around this nice woman who thought she was providing me comfort by assuring me that, despite my age, I appeared to be someone to whom things could still happen. That despite all available evidence, there was probably someone out there who would be willing to fill up the vacant space that was so evident inside me. For a minute, I felt all the old defense mechanisms go up like metal towards a magnet. I took a deep breath and prepared to deliver my well-rehearsed responses, to throw up my hands in defeat and remark on how the good ones were taken, or check my wrist dramatically and say, oh, I hope they hurry up, or just simply nod my gratitude and, gratitude and implicitly offer up my apology that I was still alone. All the things I was used to saying to get out of this conversation and make the other person feel more comfortable. Instead, I found myself resisting the urge to laugh, not at her, at the suddenly absurd idea that I was running out of time. Mm. Like that idea, that's that thing that your friends feel. It's this march of like, oh my God, if I don't achieve this thing by the time I'm 40, then what's on the other side of the hill? Mm. Like, or what's left or who am I if I don't get these things? Hmm. I relate to that very much. Yeah. Also, I'm something called Jewish. Tell so, me more. What is this thing? And so, is it, does that mean the forty turns into a thirty? <laughs> no, it means when you go home for the high holidays and you're at synagogue. Bless you. And then that is amplified by all the entes at Shul who are like, "How are you doing? You're not with anybody. What's going on with your dating life?" And like daggers in the face, right? And then also on top of that, I thought that was like a joke, like a running joke, like a. Oh no, it is real. The struggle is real. Um, But on top of that, and this is a different podcast, the whole acting (laughs) artist thing, right? So it's like you're not on the Broadway yet. Oh yeah, right. Broadway, and and you're not married, right? Like so, it's like. Oh, my God. Remember that show um, where it was, like, whammies? I'm really dating myself. <laughs> no, no, I do know. I right? do know what you're talking like, about. Shit, well, there's one. Shit, there's another one. Um, you're, like, yeah. dodging people at the synagogue. And I do think that there is something happening, and it's happening as we record this, with the age that I am reaching, where people are letting it go. And that's simultaneously freeing and, like weirdly fucked up, right? <laughs> Where it's like, uh, she, okay, 
we bet on that horse, but that, <laughs> like, that horse didn't win the race. God. So we'll move on to the next like, one. She's a Who lost was in the class? Who was in the class below her? Right? Oh, my God. So those questions are stopping. Good. Um, I relate to that very, very you much. You can steal any of these lines okay. from Miss McNichol if you want. Okay. Oh, I hope they hurry up. <laughs> Do you know where the cheese plate is? I have to go. <laughs> Um, Mike, you have been very patiently sitting in the corner, but I see you scribbling notes. I'm enjoying this. I know you have a lot to say. I don't know Um, if I have a lot to say. I have a lot to relate to. Oh, great, great, great. I I don't feel like the story is very different from what What came up for you. Well, I'm I'm the same thing. I'm 38, and I feel the same way. It's like you just feel like you got these issues with age, and you got these issues with, like, your – you got these issues with, like – your community kind of vanishing slowly, becoming less accessible. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's like kind of hard to figure out. It's almost like the market's not designed for people our age to be single. It's it's not- With the the single market? Like like just like the world in general. So I feel like as I get older, I I just kind of want to do things that are like more community-based and maybe meet people through interests. I feel like that's probably the best way to do it. And most of my friends, they, they're getting divorced anyway by the time they're in their 40s. So meeting people at bars doesn't work out. So <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Do you feel, as a guy, have you ever felt this thing that Jackie and I talk about, this like sort of um, societal pressure to A, either be married, B, have kids, or C, do all of the above by a certain age? All of the above, definitely. Really? You, yeah, you, you feel, feel like it. you felt that too? I feel it. I feel it from uh, family members. I feel it from, and it's, it's, I think it's worse on women, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I feel, I feel the pressure, you know? Also, like your self-identity gets more like kind of complete as you get older. And I think a lot of it is when you're young, you, your self-identity is based more on your group because you're still forming who you are. And I think that a lot of people, when they meet when they're young, I think that's why it's hard to date when you get older. Because when you're younger, you meet somebody, and in, like by the second date, you're kind of self-identifying with each other, and you're like, oh, I can, you know, we can grow together. But when you've kind of built your internal kind of perception of yourself already by the time you're 40, so you're not kind of going to identify, you know, like when you're young, you're like, now I'm half of this relationship, like... I feel like a lot of people's self-identity comes from their relationship. But when you get older, you don't need that. So, and, and it also makes it like a quicker thing. It's like, all right, listen, like, are you going to give me what I want or what's, what's the deal? Here? You know? <laughs> you're, the, you're that New Yorker. But, but it also, it also because you feel like you're older, you don't have that kind of like, when you're young in general, for your career, for anything, you just have this kind of like, I'll you don't take have my the, time with it. The grace of time right. to figure it out. It's not just relationships. It's anything. My career, I'll be there in five years. Right. But when you, when you, you know, everything when you're older, it's like even like trying to start a career or anything, you're like, all right, I got to rush. I got to, I got to make this happen. But, uh, yeah. So I just think there's a lot of pressures and, but I think it's cool to just kind of, you have to be confident with who you are, you know? Gosh, that's. You got to just chill and do your thing. You got to, you got to like, you got to stay focused on projects. Forget therapy. You should just talk to Mike all the time. I got, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if there's, you said there's, there's same societal kind of pressures from uh that that jackie and i experienced on you but is there something that's yeah or something that like we don't know about that you feel like i think for for guys kind of my age there's a stress of like when you you know like i want to have kids eventually you know and but 
knowing that right away, a lot of times like I meet women in their 30s and they're like, all right, cool. When are we moving in? When are we having kids? Oh so there's there's that stress and there's that kind of anticipation of like, I'm a means to an end more than it's not about me. Oh. So I think that, that that's a that's that's a, intense. I think that's a real thing that guys. I go never through. thought about that. And then like guys my age, like you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, you have the option to date younger women and stuff. And it, yeah, I've been I've dated younger. Depending women. on what you're looking for. Depending yeah. on, what, but I've dated younger women, and it's you know, it's. It, it just feels like you're trying to, like, relive your childhood. It's it's not good. <laughs> Maybe you're going too young. Mike. Maybe, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's... You should you stop driving by the college, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, anything else that you want to comment on or, <laughs> or or throw in there that came up for you while we were talking? I, I, I think I more and more lately I feel like there's an... I grew up in New York City, if it's not obvious by my, uh, my accent. It's but, very slight. It's not even... <laughs> oh, it's not that... No. Okay. Um, I think that... More and more, I just kind of want to get out of the city. I want to move away because I feel like it's it's hard. There's so many people here, and I just feel like the only option is to go out to bars and things like that. And it's you're just commuting back and forth from your job, and it's, there's not a lot of significant interactions with people to really get to know anybody. Yeah. And the online dating thing, that's like you said, like you're texting back and forth nonsense. It's like from now on, like there should be a dating app that just says like you don't even get to text. You just meet at different cafes. And you just you bang it out and move on, like speed dating. But let's make it happen. Let's do it. How hard could it be? I'm in. Um, I have one last quote because I can't help myself. No, but this really uh, resonated with me, and I want to sort of um, end the episode on this one. Um, so many of the choices that so many women made had been towards the single goal of never being left alone. As I continued to worry over what sort of future I was setting myself up for. I was alive now. My responsibility was to live now as fully as possible. Well, on that note, um, thank you guys both for being on this very hyper-intellectual, hyper-literary episode of Hashtag Single. Catch you next time. 